discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Number three, a church ready to be presented to Jesus. A glorious church is a church ready to be presented to Jesus as a chaste virgin. A glorious church is a church ready to be presented to Jesus as a chaste virgin. Jesus wants a virgin. Not virgin Atlantic. Virgin. So Jesus, it says a church ready to be presented to Jesus as a chaste virgin. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. So a, a, a glory, the glorious church is a church that is ready to be presented to Jesus as a chaste virgin. Okay? Look at this. It says, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. As a chaste virgin to Christ. So there's, there's um, how we say virginity has to do with Purity and value, placing value on what God places value on. Do you get it? For instance, Esau is called a fornicator in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, You shouldn't be like Esau the fornicator. What did Esau do? Esau did not fornicate with anybody. What Esau did was that he devalued what God places value on. God placed value on the birthright. Esau thought it was nothing. So Esau threw the birthright away. It says, lest there be, this is Hebrews 12, 16. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one muscle of meat sold his birthright. So Esau sold his birthright for food. He ignored the eternal things for physical things. Do you understand? So a virgin, the, the, a virgin in Christ is one who values what God places value on. One who, who, who places value on what God places value on. God places value on his church, attendance to church. God places value on his ministry, his work, his Holy Spirit. So someone, he's talking about some people who have, whose hearts are with the Lord. Okay? So if you remember, he's talking about people who follow the Lord, people who are following the Lord all the days of their lives, not allowing anything to distract them. Whenever the children of Israel left the Lord and went to worship idols and all of that, God, God called them whoremongers. They went a whoring. Why? They left the Lord. They left following the Lord and went to follow idols. So they were called horse by God. That's, it's all over in the Old Testament. If you read in Revelation chapter 14, verse 4, where, where I read to you earlier, look at Revelation 14, 4. It shows you the concept of virginity. It says, these are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. Okay? The word woman there has to do with the principle of Babylon. They didn't mingle themselves with the world. Come out from among them and be holy. So these are people who follow. Then he says, these are they which follow the Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ. 
So following Jesus Christ, whithersoever he goeth, is your virginity. That's what the Lord is looking for from you and from me. He wants you to follow him. He wants him to be your only desire. Please, you understand? So Jesus is coming for a church that has Jesus as his focus. As his focus. Jesus as the only one they are following. These are they which were not defiled with the men, for they are virgins. These are they which followed the Lord. Well, that's where I go at. These were redeemed from among men, being the first truth unto God and to the Lamb. Okay? They followed the Lord with us wherever he goeth. So they, they had Jesus as their perspective, and that was all. They didn't allow anything to shift their focus. There's a day coming when we presented before the Lord. It's a day of joy. And the Lord wants you to be presented to him as a chaste virgin, one who followed Jesus. Jesus was your focus. The first instruction Jesus gave to Peter, okay, was follow me. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. The last instruction he gave to Peter in John chapter 21, verse 20. Look at John 21, 20. Then Peter turning about, see the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on the breast of, 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 at supper and said, Lord, is he, which is he that betrayed thee? Uh-huh. But Peter seeing him said to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Next, Jesus said unto me, if I, if I will that he tarry till you come, I come. What is it that to thee? Follow thou me. This was the last word that Jesus said to Peter. Follow thou me. The first instruction he gave to him was follow, follow me. The last instruction he gave to him was follow me. So, the only instruction the Lord gives to us is to follow, follow him. Follow me. Following the Lord is your, is what makes you a virgin. Please, you understand? Having Jesus as your perspective, as your goal, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, having Jesus as the only one that you have. Jesus is the center of our spiritual maturity. If you are growing in Christ and you are not growing to know Jesus, you are not, there's, some, there's something wrong with your growth. Growth in the Lord is growth to know someone. His name is Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 10, Paul says, that I may know him. Who is him? Jesus. Paul, after knowing Jesus, said, I want to know him more. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his his sufferings be made conformable conformable unto his death. Do you see? Uh He, he, He had Jesus as his perspective or as his goal. So spiritual maturity has to do with following Jesus. Where that's wherever he goes following the lord following the lord and that's what christianity has to do with we are called unto the fellowship of his son jesus christ first corinthians chapter 1 verse 9 as well god is faithful by whom you are called unto the fellowship of his son jesus christ our lord we are, we've been called unto the fellowship that jesus has with the father okay that's what we've been called into we've been called into fellowship with jesus and to the fellowship that he has with the father Please, you understand? Uh That's our calling. We are called to be with Jesus. That is Christianity. Christianity is being with Jesus. Christianity is following Jesus. That's all. I'm going to talk about this some more. Okay? Beautiful. One of the things that a glorious church is, is that a glorious church is a church that is Jesus or God-oriented. So we're going to talk about, about that. Okay? The G in glorious... There's an acronym God has given me. So the, the glorious church is always an acronym. 
the T is an acronym, the H is an acronym, something, the E is an acronym, the J is an acronym, something, the L is an, something, O is something, R is something, I is something, O is something, S, like church, C is something, H is something, U is something, R is something, C is something, H is something. Yes, it's all, yes, so I'm going to tell you, after I cover these things, then we'll pick them one by one. So it's 17, those ones are 17. T, H, E, that's three. Glow, glorious, so I'm saying the J in the glorious, the J is God, a God-oriented church. Okay? And when I get to that one, I'm going to talk about this particular point more and explain to you what it means to be God-oriented, to be a God-oriented church or a Jesus-oriented church. Okay? Beautiful. Is that all not good? Yeah, if you follow the Holy Spirit, it will give you a lot of nice ideas. I woke up in the morning and that's, that was the first thing that came to me. Yes. So I had to write it down quickly. This one is, this one is, this one is. Beautiful. Wow. Okay, let me show you some more scriptures concerning our presentation. First Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 to verse 20. Hmm. For what is our hope or joy? There's a day of presentation coming that we are going to be presented. Hmm? Paul says, what is our joy? What is our hope or joy? Or crown of rejoicing? And not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. So we are supposed to be presented, I mean, on your wedding day. So let's say I'm her father. Pastor Alex, you are the husband. He's married, that's why I'm using him. <laughs> the father. Or someone who has raised her. Who is the father? The father of the bride is the one who has raised the bride. The father of the bride is the one who brought the bride into existence. Okay? Either the one who brought the bride into existence or the one who trained the bride or the one who was involved in raising the bride. That is the person who presents. It's not, your brother cannot present you. Oh, wow. There are those who use their brothers. Your brother ca- actually cannot present you. <laughs> she was about to use her brother. God is talking to her right now. Yes. An uncle. Someone who has been involved in your raising can present you. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So, Jesus is the bridegroom. I was telling you that on Sunday. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is a bride. The bride has someone who has raised her. Every bride must have someone who has raised him or her to present. So we walk see what the Lord has done. Then you greet me. Yes, then I hand over to you. Hey, <laughs> are you see what I'm talking about? There's no wedding that nobody presents. I mean, people, this is people who just walk on. Except that's, that's not correct. It's not supposed to be. Someone has to present you. You can't, you didn't make yourself. You didn't make yourself. Someone what? Someone raised you. So in the same way, Paul says, I, you see, I, I, I'm jealous for you over, over you with the godly jealousy because I've espoused you to one husband so that I may present you. I'm going to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So all of us are going to present somebody to Jesus. And the wedding day is a day of joy. You see, when someone is walking in, people will be giving the person fans, woo, wee, woo, wee, wee. So Paul says that the, our hope, first Thessalonians 2 9, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? You see, the day you present somebody to Jesus for marriage, okay, that day you will be rejoicing when the person is presented. I don't know if you get it. So you raise a person. You were involved in raising the person. 
So there are many of us who have many people presenting us. As we are going to face the Lord and going to be presented to the Lord, you have so many people presenting you. Your cell shepherd will be there. Your senior cell shepherd will be there. Your chief shepherd will be there. Your pastor will be there. The bishop will be there. Everybody will be there. As we are going, we'll be rejoicing. Hey, Charlie, it, is well, it has worked though. See this foolish girl, she's now being presented to Jesus. Man, the Lord has done a lot. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not to you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? So when he comes and we present you, ah, that's our joy. And we are to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. One whose desire. How can you be a bride whose desire is somewhere else? As I'm presenting you, come. You are looking somewhere else. Beep, 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 beep. Look at Pastor Ellie. Then stop pulling me there. There's something wrong with the bride. There's what? There's something wrong with the bride. Jesus does not want that. He doesn't want competition from anybody. Especially a TikTok man like that. Where I mean, it's not working. Hey! Jesus is. Very concerned about his bride. He doesn't want any competition at all. He doesn't want your attention. Every groom is like that. He wants me. Me. It's on me. It's my day. Yes. Yes. Sure. If your bride is kissing somebody on your wedding day, it's a very big problem. It happens. Have you seen it happening before? It happens. Yes. The bride is marrying somebody else. Somebody, but her heart is somewhere else. Yes. So, as she's marrying, I know a bride, the same night of her wedding, the night of his wedding, eh, the groom, this is the groom, the groom was sleeping with somebody else on the night of the wedding. The night before his wedding and the night of his wedding, he spent it with two different people aside his wife. This is wickedness. Jesus does not want that kind of drama. <laughs> he doesn't want that kind of drama in heaven. As you are coming, your eyes are somewhere else. He doesn't want that. Uh-huh. So Paul said, I want to present you as a chaste virgin. I want to, we are going to rejoice on that day. It's a wedding day. It's a day of joy. So as you are presenting, as someone is being presented, we will be shouting. So be involved in raising somebody, basically. Okay? Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my, my brethren dearly beloved and longed for my joy. Look at it. It says, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. My joy and my what? My crown. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So the people we present are our joy and our crown. Yes. It's a day of joy and we'll be presenting people with joy. Chase virgins to God with joy. So the glorious church is a church that is what? Ready to be presented to Jesus as a chaste virgin. Do you understand what I just said to you? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14. There are many scriptures but this, I think this will be fine. 2 Corinthians 1 13 to 14. For we write none other things unto you than what we, we you read or acknowledge. And I trust you, are, you, you shall acknowledge even to the end. Next verse. As also you have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing, even as you are also ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. So as I'm presenting her, and I'm excited, she will also be excited because I'm presenting her. 
Do you understand? Yeah. yeah so there is a, it's a, it's a day of joy and presentation. It says, also, as also you have acknowledged us in part that we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are ours, our rejoicing in the day of the Lord. So the teacher will rejoice. The student or the one being presented will also rejoice. Yes, all of us will rejoice. To be a day of joy, real joy, because of the, the people we are presenting to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As chaste virgins, okay? The glorious church is what? Number four. A perfected church. A perfected, or the perfected church. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Okay, before we read this, let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Then, verse 28 says, Christ, so you can study like this, Christ, whom we preach, would it, be, would it be okay to start it like that? Christ, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. For what purpose? So that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. He says there's a day coming when we have to present everybody, but we, we, we have to present everybody in a certain way. Perfect. So apart from the bride being chaste, okay, apart from the, the glorious church being a chaste church, an unblameable church, uh, what, what else? Without a church without spot or wrinkle, it's a church that is perfect. A church that is what? Perfect. The word perfect there is teleosis. Or teleos. Teleosis. T-E-L-E-I-O-S. Teleos or teleosis. So you can do, you can add S I S. T E L. I hope I'm spelling right. T E L E I O S I S. Teleos or teleosis. Okay, and it means perfected. One that has come to full maturity. The consummate man. One that has no more improvement. Do you get it? So God wants, you see, you can't marry a child bride. As a bridegroom, you can't marry a child. I thought there were children here. Yes, I want to use it for an example, okay? Thank you. Pastor, let's come back. You are Jesus. Hold my hands with your left hand. Yes, we are going to do a match to him. Okay? You see, I have to do a lot of explanation. But she doesn't know what is going on, isn't it? Why? She's a child. Do you see? So let's match to her. You are not even happy. <laughs> There's a problem. How old are you? 32. How old are you? I'm seven years old. Seven years. 32 minus seven. How many years is that? 25. There's nothing wrong with it. If she's 25 and it's 50, there's nothing wrong with it. Because 25, she's matured. Do you see? Huh. But she's seven. How old are you again? I'm seven years old. Are you not even sad that you'll be, you'll be giving such a young, small girl out to marriage to a 32-year-old man? What is he going to do to her? I mean, child abuse, this is not right. There's no place in the world where this is legal. There's no place. People do it, but it's wrong. No be so. Child bride, it's all over in the world. It's all over. But it is evil. He will be described as a pedophile. Jesus does not want to be described as a pedophile. So he wants to marry a church that is matured or perfect. Not babes in Christ. He wants full-grown, matured women and men to be married to. Thank you very much, Jonathan. God bless you. Bye-bye. 
Thank you. Wow. Are you seeing it? So, she's a virgin, but she's not matured. So it's not only virginity we are looking for. We are looking for maturity. So the perfect church or the glorious church is the perfected church. A church that is matured. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 shows us about what God is expecting of the glorious church. Am I explaining things to you? I'm trying to make it as simple as ABCD so that it can be very easy. Yeah, you are a virgin, but then you are not matured. You are just five. You are just five years old. You are coming for the wedding and you are coming in. Jesus will say, ah. What am I going to do with this? Child abuse. Jesus does not want any accusation from the devil and say that you are doing child abuse. So he wants a bride that is matured. Everything is, in, is on everything. Yes. A well-formed bride. Everything is on everything. BBS is BBS. God wants everything to be everywhere. A bride who has watermelons are where it's supposed to be. Oranges are where it's supposed to be. Everything is where it's on everything. To a as a plus. Because you can't present a child bride, it's not going to work. Or if you're a baby, a baby, what are you doing? We are are doing wedding. No, 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 no. You know, in the scriptures, in Jewish culture, the bride. Okay, it's a spouse to her husband when she's a child. But it's called an espousal. It's an engagement that is done. A promise that when you grow up, it's a promise that when you grow up, we'll marry you. So in the same way, biblically speaking, in Christ, when you become born again, the day you become born again, you are married to the Lord, but you have been espoused to the Lord. So the Lord even gives you an engagement ring. Who is the Holy Spirit? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Look at it. Did I say verse 14? Verse 11. Ephesians 1, 11, Before we come to this. It says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Next verse. That we should be to the, to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Verse 13. Which is the... He says, he's giving us the spirit of God who is the inher- earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Okay, the word ernest, which is the ernest. The word ernest is from the Greek, is, is from the Greek arhabon, and it means engagement ring. So the day you get born again, the Holy Spirit is given to you as an engagement ring and as a seal. Okay, next verse, verse 15, it says, who is also, wherefore I also after I heard of your faith. Go up, go to verse 13. Yes. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So you are sealed. The Holy Spirit is your seal. That means that you are inaccessible to the devil, to enemies, to anybody. It's one of the scriptures I like a lot because it, it brings me preservation and protection. The fact that I cannot be accessed. If your stamp 
if I've sent you a letter and your stamp is on it, a stamp is on it saying that it's from me and it's coming to you, nobody else is supposed to open it. It's supposed to, you are the one supposed to open it. You get it. So we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one preserving us, sealed. We are the, showing that we are the property of Jesus Christ. And that seal comes with a, an engagement ring. You see, he says, this is what message. This signet from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life. It doesn't really... Okay, the word signet, eh? A signet from God. TPT. It says, he's giving to us like an engagement ring. Wow. As the first installment of what's coming. He's our hope, promise of a future inheritance, which seals us until we have all redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. Wow. Have you seen engagement? Is the Holy Spirit our engagement ring? So actually, we are married up out to Christ as children. But then, he's not going to marry. The Jewish bride's marriage date is dependent on her maturity. Can you imagine? You espouse as a child. Okay? And the day of your marriage, the day of your wedding, is determined by you and your maturity. And determined by your ability to sew your dress, your wedding dress. If you, have, if you finish sewing your wedding dress, they are, they are going to come for you. And all Jewish brides are snatched. They are kidnapped from their father's house. That's why Jesus will rapture the church. You come and kidnap the church from. That's how it is done in the Jewish system. He's following the same thing. I preached a message called um, no, it's got, not marriage. The reason, the actual reason for Jesus' first coming. Yes, marriage. So I explain these things there a lot. So the Holy Spirit is the seal, the word engagement ring and the seal to help us grow onto maturity. He helps us grow onto maturity. Okay? Now, go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. What is, what is he expecting? What is the perfect church? The perfect church is the full, mature church that has grown in Christ. Okay? God wants a mature church. He wants you to be matured. Everything on everything. To tear as a plus. Everything is in place at the right place. Yes. So, because of that, God has given his, and he gave, Jesus gave some apostles and some prophets and some past, evangelists and pastors and teachers for the purpose of perfecting the saints. Next verse, verse 12. For perfecting, the word perfecting here is not the same, it's not teleos. This one is catatismus. It means full equipping. So, to equip the church with all the things that the church requires for its engagement. Do you see? To equip the church. So, all the, the tread you require for your engagement, the the needle you require to require to sew your engage your, your dress, everything that you require for the perfection of the scene. So he's giving you pastors, prophets, whatever, to help you to be equipped for what purpose? To be equipped for the work of the ministry. Amplified. Verse 12. His intention of his reason for giving us pastors and all of those things was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints. Have you seen it? Full what? Equipping. So he needs you to be fully equipped. Full equipping of the saints, his created people. That day, the saints should do the work of ministering toward building up, the, building up Christ's body, the church. So until a saint starts building up, it gets involved in building up the church of Jesus Christ, or the body of Christ. That saint is not yet coming onto maturity. 
Because you are supposed to be equipped to be involved in the build-up of the body of Christ. Okay? Yeah. To be involved in is what he's doing. He's helping build. He's helping me teach. So that what I'm teaching can be captured and given to other people for them to be equipped. So all these people that are doing, helping those who arrange chairs, what, they are helping. They are helping build up the body of Christ. All those who brought someone, you brought this person, this person brought this person, this person brought this. You are, you are doing your Christian work of equipping, of building up the body of Christ, which is actually your calling and the evidence of your spiritual maturity. It's a, it's a level of your spiritual maturity. It's the first level. The first level is for you to be part of the building up of the body of Christ. Then keep, keep going. The next verse. King James. Let's go back to King James. So we all, he says we are to equip the body, we are to equip the body of Christ for the saints to build up the body of Christ all the way until we all come in the unity of the faith or we all come in the oneness of the faith. What is the oneness of the faith? Where we all come to a place where there's no division between uh, Methodist and Presby and this one. You are not criticizing, you appreciate them. Until you become a child of God who starts appreciating everybody, you have not started. The fact that I understand does not mean that this is the only church in the world. Is this the only church in the world? There are many churches, but you know that is where God has called you to be, so you are here. But so your being here should teach you to acknowledge and love everyone in the body of Christ. Because it's called the body of Christ. It's not love economy church. It's more than love economy. It's not presby. If presby people does not acknowledge us and that's not and they insult us and whatever, they have a problem. They are not coming to the full maturity of what they are supposed to come to. Do you understand? Yes, that's how it's supposed to be. So, so we all come in the oneness of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. He wants us to grow into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Like getting to know Jesus more and more. I told you, that's the focus of the chaste virgin. The chaste virgin is the one who follows the Lord. So he wants you to know, come to the, the full knowledge of the Son of God. Then he says, unto a perfect man. The word perfect here is teleos. It's just like we found in Colossians 1.28. Perfect. One who, is full, who has come to full maturity. So we all come, so he wants us to increase in the knowledge of the Son of God, that's Jesus Christ, unto a perfect man. Then he says, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. Do you remember? I mentioned that to you at the beginning. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus, Jesus is the head of a 33-year-old man, isn't it? A 33-year-old man. Can the, te- can the head of a 33-year-old man be on the body of a two-year-old? How will it, it doesn't work. That would be so ridiculous, isn't it? The head, your, when, when your head and your body must be in the same measure, in the same stature, in the same whatever. Your head, if your head is like this and your body is like this, hammer, horror, hammer. That's the way they say, hammer head of horror. I see a head and a small body. Hydrocephalus is one of them. Waterhead. It's killing, killing is also another. Now, Korea is also another. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, the Lord Jesus, you see, when Jesus, when Jesus rose from the dead, okay, when he died, they bound, they put him in grave clothing, isn't it? Uh-huh. And they bound his face and all of that. There was a small portion they didn't do. So, the women were coming to do it the day of the resurrection. When they came, they saw that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, how did Jesus rise from the dead? When Jesus rose from the dead, he unfolded the one that was around, the wrappings around his head and wrapped it nicely and put it by the side and evaporated from the rest of the thing, the rest of the cast. 
It's not in the Bible. That's in the... Um, it's in John. John is the one who describes it. John chapter 20. Okay? John says when, when they got there, there was a napkin neatly folded on the side. And the rest was there. So Jesus unwrapped... Because he had finished his work, he, he, as a head, he has finished his work. He's waiting on the body to also finish their work. For all of us to grow into the head. Okay? So we must all grow and mature. Everybody... Jesus was looking for a mature church. Is that too difficult to understand? The mature church is the perfected church. The one who, the church that has come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. We must grow. Okay, so John 25 says, And he stooping down and looking in, saw the lining clothes lying. The lining clothes were lying down. That is everything here was lying. Yet went he not in. Next verse. Then came Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulchre and see the lining clothes lie. Then all that it was lying down somewhere. Next verse. And the napkin that was about his head. Not lying with the lining clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Why is this being told, said to us? To let you know that Jesus as a head has finished his work. He has wrapped his napkin nicely, has put it down. The rest of the, the one in the, of the body is lying down. And the body is the one to unwrap it gradually. So we must mature into the fullness of the stature of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head. We must grow into the head. So if you go back to Ephesians, you see it. He wants us to come to the fullness of the measure. Do you see? You are, we, we, come, please come. I want someone who is, or rather, Pastelli, come. Pastor, Pastor Man, actually, you can also come. You can stand by Pastelli's side. Is she a human being? She's a human being, isn't she? Yes. Is she not a human being? She's a human being. Very wonderful person. Uh-huh. This is the stature of Christ. This is the stature of Christ. You are born again as a baby. You must grow. And continue to grow to come to the fullness of the measure. Of the measure, the same measure and the same stature of Christ. Okay? So if she wants to be taller, what should she do? She has to use heels. That is a problem. There are a lot of people in Christ who are trying to are using heels. I'm talking about spiritual heels. I'm talking about spiritual heels. To look like they have come to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. On that day, the heels will be taken off and your original, your original position will come. Yes. So be genuine. Grow it through the word of God. Grow through the spirit. Don't, you see, some, someone can be appointed a pastor and think that he has come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. It's a mistake. You are not. You are not. It's a big mistake. It's time for you to grow more. How do you grow? By eating. How do you eat? The word. How do you grow? By drinking. Water. Not booze. Water. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you drink water, you grow, isn't it? What is the water? The water is the spirit. It's also the word. How do you grow? By breathing. Isn't it? If you eat and you don't breathe, you can't grow. Respiration is what breaks the food and gives you energy for you to grow. That's basic science. That's science. science. Mitochondria. The mitochondria in the cell. Eh? The powerhouse. That produces the power for the cell division. Eh? Mitosis. For mitosis to happen. Hey! Are you worried? Yeah. Mm? First Peter 2 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Without the word, you can't grow. So you need the word, you need the spirit, you need rest. Without sleep, you can't grow. 
if you are not sleeping, you can't go. We've mentioned eating, drinking, air, rest. And then exercise. Without sleep or rest, you can't grow. You need to rest in the finished work of Christ in order to grow effectively in, in Christ Jesus. So you should know who God has made you. You should know all those things so that you can grow well. Paul said, I commend you to God and to, to the word of his grace. Acts chapter 20 verse 32. I commend you to God and I brethren commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Do you have Acts 20 32 in your Bible? I mean, and now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. So there's something called the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. That's what builds you up. What's the word of his grace? The word that brings you rest. Do you see? Rest in Christ. Any message that tells you that uh, um, you don't have faith is not from God. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. All you need to do is to grow in faith. Any message that tells you that you are not righteous is not from God. You have the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You grow. We grow in righteousness, consciousness, and all of that. So you need that. Then the fifth thing is what? Exercise, which is prayer. Prayer. Without prayer, you don't exercise yourself. Without exercise, you don't grow. Walking is exercise, isn't it? As you're moving, locomotion is exercise. Without locomotion, you will not grow well. You either grow fat, you, get, you grow disproportionately, you will not grow well. So you need exercise as well. These are the five elements for growth. Food, water, air, rest, exercise. It's a message. It's a whole message. It's on the podcast. It's on the podcast as well. Okay? Hallelujah. So he wants us to grow to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children. Jesus does not want you. I told you. I just showed it to you. That we henceforth be no more children. The word children is nepios. Nepios is, is a Greek for a child who is refusing to grow. Stunted growth. growth. One who is not growing. You have grown to a certain level. You are not growing anymore. God does not want that kind of a church. He wants a church that is fully matured. So some time ago, you used to do your quiet time. Now you've stopped. Some time ago, you used to pray for one hour. Now you've stopped. Your growth, there's a problem with it. Yes, you used to attend services a lot. Now you've stopped. You attend service once every week or once every two weeks. Even cell meeting, you don't come. The first, the first acronym in the Glorious Church is T. There. So T. T is the available church. Yes. That's the first thing I'm going to talk about in the acronym. The available church. The glorious church is a church that is available. The church that has individuals who are available. Without availability, nothing, no church work can happen. No maturity can happen. No uh, virgin whatever can happen. Nothing can happen. The church, the glorious church is a church that is available. They are available. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. This is the sign of a child. A child is the one who is tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Anything I tell you here, you must so know the Bible that when someone comes to tell you something that is not in the Bible, you can know that this person is lying for. It's lying. You're a liar. The person can dress nicely, speak nicely, whatever, but you know that that's a problem. Someone tells you that I'm the only one you can listen to. He's lying. Check the Bible. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophet. Not an apostle. Apostles and prophets. So I can't be the only one that you should listen to. That's why I expose you to everybody. Hmm? Those of you who are shepherds, you can come for a shepherd's meeting. I'm playing Pastor Chris's message for you. 
Or you've never seen me doing that before. I play Pastor Chris's message. Or I'm playing Bishop Dark message for you. Bishop Oye Young I'm referring you to them. Kenneth Copeland, their books. Read this book. Kenneth Hagen. Macarius. Buy my we have bought Macarius uh system. Everybody get some. Read. Why? We have built final quest. Read. We have built upon the foundation. Apostles and prophets. If you are not, if you don't know, someone will tell you I'm the only one you're supposed to listen to. Don't listen to anybody else. It's finished. It's what? You don't finish. You don't cast. <laughs> the job don't break. Oil don't cast. Oil don't pour. It don't cast. Anointing are left. <laughs> it's another camp. You need to hear that camp. You see, we are built upon the foundation. Many things. Someone come and tell you something. You see, so it's, it's children who are tossed to and fro. How can someone be saying that I want to read your palm and then give you uh, your, your, your future or whatever? Such nonsense. Like, you don't know that. But that's, why you, that's why you're allowing that. Someone wants to take money from you and prophesy to you. And you two go and give your money to the person. Clearly, you're a babe. You're an abuse. You are refusing to grow. Yes. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14. Let's read message. No prolonged infancies among us, please. please. God does not want prolonged infancies. Please. A babe. Uh, throughout. You can't put your faith to work. For anything. You can't cast out devils. Devils are worrying you. You don't know it's devils that are worrying you. Every child of God must know about the realm of the supernatural. When you get, when you get, it's one of the major things you have to know. Because that's the first thing you do as a child of God. The first thing that follows a child of God is that they cast out devils. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Then said he, go into the world, blah, blah, blah. King James, please. Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He that believeth the baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they what? First sign that follows a believer. In my name shall they cast, cast out devils. So as long as a child of God is afraid of devils, there's a problem. You're, it means you are not, you've not grown at all. You've not gotten anywhere. You've not passed the first level that God wants you to pass. You need to learn that the devil is under your foot, under your feet. You need to learn the fact that Jesus has beaten all principalities and powers. He has made an open show of them and has raised us above them. And we are now in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. No witch from your family should be able to come and do anything to you. You are sealed. Remember, you are sealed with the Holy Ghost, isn't it? I'm sealed with the Holy Ghost. They cannot touch me. I'm out of my natural family. I'm now in the family of God. So you are superior to demons. You are superior to falling angels. You are superior to Satan. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15. And having spoiled, Jesus has spoiled or made a public show of them. He has taken away all the things that they had. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Go to verse 9. Colossians 2 verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And you, we are, you and I are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. He is the head of all principality and power. And we are in him. So we are above all principality and power. Look at verse 11. In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without the hands in putting on the body of the sins of the flesh by the social. So you should know the fact that Satan has been beaten, has been whipped. You have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12. Giving thanks unto him. 
Colossians 1, 12, quickly. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. Who has delivered us? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Not about to deliver us. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? So we are not in the kingdom of darkness. We are not in the kingdom of his dear son. We are the light of the world. Satan cannot do anything to you. Demons cannot do anything to you. You cast out what? Devils. Say, I cast out devils. As a child of God, you must know it. So important. Hmm? Yes. No, no more prolonged emphasis, please. We will not tolerate babies in the wood. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Message. Message version. Wow. No prolonged infancies among us, please. We will not tolerate babies in the woods. Small children who are an easy mark for imposters. An easy mark for imposters. Like someone can come and take you out of the church easily. Small things, small offense. Now you are not coming again. Small this, you are not coming again. Small this, you are not coming again. There's something wrong. We are going to talk about it more, okay? Yes. No more prolonged emphasis. So God does not want us to be children. Go back to the King James. That we have to be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every kind of wind of doctrine, blah, blah, by the slate of men, and cunning captain, by the lying way to deceive. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things. This is Christianity. We grow up where? Into Jesus in all things. We grow up into Jesus. Why? Jesus is the head. We grow into the head. Have you seen it? Which is the head? Even Christ. Verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. This is cell, cell ministry. We're going to talk about a glorious church is a, is a cell-based church. The, the, the church in glorious church, the last C, C-H-U-R-C-H. So the last C before the last H, a cell, cell-based church. Ish. Is it not powerful? So when we get there, we'll talk about this into details. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.